Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. We'll be here with a new episode for you right after this quick note. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all of your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the top player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your mobile or desktop devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, the game starts here. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here by former UCLA linebacker Josh Woods. Josh, what's going on, man? It's a big day in, uh, in UCLA football. Big week. And you see it for UCLA football. Big week, big time, man. And finally, Coach Foster is the head coach of the UCLA football team. I'm I'm excited. I can't lie. I mean, like I said, he was the number one candidate in uh in my book. And I feel like all the reasons I listed of what the coach needs to needs to be, he's that. All the things that you know Martin Jarman listed and you know people have been asking for. I feel like he he fits all the criteria, and it's it's really big for UCLA. And um, even though you know this year's a big year, and I don't want to just you know the bar to be set too high for this year, just with you know he's he's getting hand over the keys, but it's it's not he's not it, he wasn't set up to be you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's going to be it's definitely going to be a project similar to you know Coach Prime in Colorado. Um, so we're going to see, but like I said, regardless if people like coach Foster or not, he's the guy and all the people that were com- been complaining and, mm-hmm. you know, were so critical of, of chip and critical of UCLA football and critical of Martin Jarman. Foss is our guy. We need to, you know, support him through this no matter what. Um, I know people have already been big on donating in the NIL space and getting that going. So, we need to fill up the Rose Bowl and really support Coach Foster and this staff moving forward. So, one, you're absolutely right about that. So first of all, there's a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of people who were like, "What? I can't believe you know they picked Deshaun Foster, yada yada." And I was like, "Y'all loved Deshaun Foster last week, and we're sad and upset that he left for the Raiders, and now y'all like." But y'all, because they had all these other names on the list that they kept hearing about, so they kept thinking of that. But I kind of knew in the back of my head that Sean Foster was always in play. Once Chip left, I'm like, I wouldn't rule him out. And then once the once the athletes started, once the players started tweeting about they wanted Deshaun Foster, even though Martin Jarman said he didn't look, he doesn't look at social media anymore, which is fair considering <laughs> all the stuff they say on there. But I was just like. But that that is he, one he thing though, because it's a lot of people that you know are just 
say anything behind the screen of, of what they think, but mm-hmm. they've never been on the field. If you can't, if you can't draw me up a defensive front or a scheme, you can't really <laughs> argue with me about football, in my opinion, or other things like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or tell tell a program what they should do when you don't you don't know really you know much of anything. Mm-hmm. Like your perspective on it, it's different having a fan perspective and a player and coach perspective. Like it's totally different the way you you look and view the game. Um, and it, yeah, some people's opinions, it's like not everybody should have the platform to, <laughs> yeah. you know, be saying things because some people really don't understand. And I think Foster fits exactly. Remember when people were asking if I want an offensive or defensive coordinator as my head coach and Foster fits exactly what I was saying as far as mm-hmm. he's a guy that you want to play for. He's going to be he's going to be a you know, he's going to be a thermostat. He's going to set the temperature and the energy for the team and he's going to be. That's how he is. He's, that's a guy that you want to play for, run through a wall for, and he's going to make sure the energy is straight with the whole team. He's not going to be overbearing. And usually you see that when guy, when head coaches or OCs or DCs, they get so involved with that side of the football, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it kind of ends up being a my where the highway approach, um, I'd say. And Sounds a little familiar. <laughs> and and it, Coach Foster is is right in the middle of. I feel like he's in the middle. He's he's mm-hmm. for the players, but he also has the structure. And like he said, like he wants to have fun again. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I think this is between the the previous coaches. I believe Coach Foster is right in the middle and exactly what the program needs. And clearly, like you said, what the kids want. And I think that's one of the biggest things as far as like when you're getting recruits to come in and and you want players to stay having a coach like that is really important because it's like, that's somebody I want to play for. I know it's somebody who's invested in me and you've seen all the passion and emotion. Like that is real. Like Foster stuck around when he didn't need to, you know what I'm saying? When Mm -hmm. I guarantee that he was getting offers all the time to, you know, maybe go to other power five schools and NFL jobs, but he stuck around and that emotion, like that is real. Like coach Foster is, is, is one of those guys where me personally, he was giving me conversations of, of that, like of a dad or of like a big brother of like telling me things that usually coaches don't say because it's, it might not be the best interest of for a coach where it's their job. You know what I'm saying? But right. the best interest of, of me, like I've examples of things like when I hurt my shoulder in my in my third year, like he was one of the coaches to be like, "Nah, you need to go get that surgery right now and take care of that. And that that might have allowed me to continue to play to this day and I have to thank him for mm-hmm. that type of thing and yeah that's a lot of times some coaches are scared to be that that honest and that real with players because um I mean their job depends on it but he cares that much about you know us as the players and the development and the fun and he's real and all those things it's it's exciting because yeah the way you know the way he is now is going to be the identity of the entire program. And he's able to, he's going to be able to, you know, have control and it's going to be him. People think it's going to be, you know, you're just continuing what, you know, the foundation that Chip had just because he was on staff, but things aren't going to be the same. He's a completely different person than Chip. And um, for those reasons, that's why I'm really excited. Uh, no, no doubt about it. I, as someone, so Josh, I, I've been on the grind all day. I've been here. I've been on, I'm on campus right now. I've been here since nine in the morning, eight 30 in the morning, whatever it is. Um, so earlier today, 
I was on Twitter spaces talking to the fans and stuff, and someone brought up a good point um, that Deshaun, that they, you know, we'll talk about the press conference and stuff in a little bit here. Um, and people said there was a lot of positives to take away from it. But one person told me during the on the Twitter spaces that the thing they were most impressed about was kind of reflecting on Deshaun Foster's time at UCLA, both as a player as a, a guy who worked under Mora a little bit, and then a guy who worked under Chip. I don't want to say he's seen the program at its highest and at its lowest, but he's kind of seen about everything there is to see, right? And so now mm-hmm. he's gathering all that experience, and he's going to make his own based off of that experience and the knowledge that he has, and he's going to turn this program into his program, right? And I think I think a lot of people look at this hire and say, Oh, yeah, they hired him because he, he was cheaper. Uh, they hired him because they were lazy to go through the search. Uh, you know, they just wanted to keep all the players on the roster. I mean, it's good to keep all the roster, all the players on the roster, but mm-hmm. I think once people saw, because even for me, I was like, we had Deshaun Foster on the podcast. Again, first of all, that's that's – let alone another reason why you should always be listening to the Believe in UCLA football podcast because we've had Martin Jarman and we had Deshaun Foster on this podcast along with uh, several other guests. But the the thing for me was when we had him on the podcast, I've talked to him on the phone before for a story. I was like, he seems like too chill, like just very kind of mellow, very kind of like, I don't know if he would know how to get mad or whatever. Like <laughs> he just seems oh, no, so he chill. Can get mad. And then when, and so I was like, I don't like, how is he going to, you know, talk to the donors, yada, yada. But when he got to that press conference, he had the biggest smile. He was laughing. He was full of emotion. The minute he sat down and tried to utter out a few words, tears started rolling down his face. It, it, It was like a whole different side of Coach Foster. And I think he... They, you know, a lot of people on Twitter are like, they're just trying to win the press conference with this hire. I mean, it's only day one of the tenure. And whether or not they were trying to win the press conference, they won the press conference because there's so many people on Twitter, especially those that I talked to on Twitter spaces that had mentioned, I have a new approach on it just just from the press conference. They, you know, they, they are like, oh, I don't know about this hire. And then the next day they're like, I love the hire, um, yada, yada, yada. Because they saw that emotion. They saw how much he cared about it. They saw a man cry at the podium because he was happy to be there. And there's not mm-hmm. a lot of schools. There's not a lot of people that get that from a guy that they're able to bring in, you know. And it's one thing just to hire an alum. But for someone yeah. to care that much, to be around as much as he had, like you said, he's probably could have had offers every year to go somewhere and anywhere, really. But he's decided to stay. And I continue every time I talk about Deshaun Foster, talk about him being on the podcast and me asking him, I guess, more or less about his future or whatever the question was. But I remember him saying he wanted to be a head coach. And so I knew any move or anything he took on after that was to build towards him being a head coach. And I guess maybe it's less than a year from when we had him on the podcast now. He's a head coach for UCLA football. That's crazy. And, I mean, it's testament to him and his character. And the one thing that I think a lot of people didn't get to see that emotion and how he really is because 
the role. I mean, he's running back coach and the way that media was ran, like I said, you didn't get to even have that many experience with him. But like no, from the player's I perspective, yeah. like this is Coach Foster. This is how much he cares. Another example I'll say when um stuff was hitting the fan, um, my my fifth year, it was we had just mm-hmm. lost to San Diego State, so losing our second non conference game. We're about to play Oklahoma. But we ha- we were supposed to have uh, like a regen or something. And we, the players, were like, nah, like, we're going to have a players-only meeting. And it was a time for everybody to hash it out. You know, the only person who could come, come in that room and did come in that room and make sure that we were straight and make sure that we were doing things right and making sure that we weren't wasting our time, making sure that, that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that, that what we were saying, like he was calling out. If guys were saying stuff that wasn't right and he called us out in that meeting, it was Coach Foster. He walked into that meeting. Uh, where it was players only, and everybody knew that he's the only guy that would come in and we'd all listen to, and he'd listen to us, and we understand that he's been in our shoes, and we know that he wants what's best for us. And it was coming from a place of love and, you know, brewing family. And it's it just different when, when Foss says something to us, when other coaches say something to us, because we knew we were getting the real from Foss. Like, like I said, there's a reason why he was – around or he's been around as long as he's had through all the other changes all the staff coming and going there's a reason why he was able to be around with the previous staff and this most recent staff Mm -hmm. that doesn't really happen i mean you've seen all the people come and go and there's a reason why he's a guy i mean that that's been consistent stuck around and Mm -hmm. like you said like his success he's a pro's pro you know what i'm saying from you know, like you're saying, people don't know how he's going to be able to talk to Jordan and stuff like that. He's been, he was in the NFL. He's been through, you know, mm-hmm. under all he those probably, different kinds of people and all those. He and probably knows also, half the donors from when he played there. <laughs> exactly. And he was, he was in player development at one point. And, mm-hmm, and as right. a player development, like they're the ones talking to the alumni and donors probably the most and making those connections for, mm-hmm. for the kids. So he knows a lot of people. On first name basis, like like he said, and like he's already setting up to meet donors tomorrow. He's yep. already setting up to meet NIL collectives tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He understands the landscape. He's young and and energetic, and like you said, wants to be here. And you feel that, and you see that, and the players wanting him to be there. How much that means. Um, the alumni, like when I was telling you, like people were going to Martin Jarman, players, alumni, uh, you know, all that thing about coach foster and behind coach foster and i think that says a lot not just somebody behind a screen that doesn't know what's going on and, and just sees right. these names but but when you've met deshaun foster personally and spent time with him and understand what ucla means to him and what he means to ucla um this was like the best you know the best thing that, that could happen for the program and like i said he's getting handed the keys to i would say you know it's, it's going to be a project with, you know, with uh, kind of the talent we have on this roster and the timing of it as well as with already two scientists have passed. Uh, you know, a lot of the key names are probably gone as far as players that already hit the portal and already probably found new homes. So um, it's going to be a rebuild, but in the long run, this is exactly what UCLA needs. And, like he said, he's guaranteeing, you know, success and wins. Even if, the, I don't think, even if that doesn't come in this first season, 
is definitely on the horizon. And I think, like I said, it's going to be a project. So um, I would say for the fans, definitely be patient and be supportive. And when that success comes, you're going to be like, okay, I remember when Josh said it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a few things from the, the press conference that just came to mind as you were talking. One of them was uh, someone kind of asked, like, what is the expectation for this first year? Or, you know, what do you think about your first year being against such an, um, you know, an unfavorable schedule, you know, with LSU, Oregon, Penn State? I think you have all three of those games uh, within three, within, a, you know, back to back to back. Um, <laughs> Deshaun Foster's like, I don't care. We're here to win. Like, he, he's not, there's no like excuse year or freebie. Like, he's like, no, we're, we're trying to win. We're trying to be competitive this year. Um, you know, it is a little bit of a rebuild, but at the same time, it's not because everyone who was going to stay is still there. Uh, Martin Jarman said as of Tuesday morning, no one had even thought about entering the transfer portal. Or I don't want to say not thought about entering the transfer portal, but no one had entered the transfer portal. No one had started paperwork to enter the transfer portal. Now, will it stay that way? No, probably not. You know, people are probably still mulling over some decisions and whatnot. But, you know, you're going to have guys come. You're going to have some guys go. Again, I thought it said a lot and it spoke volumes when you saw – that initial video that they put out on social media where Martin Jarman kind of was saying, you know, we wanted a Bruin, but we didn't get someone who wanted to be a Bruin. We got a Bruin. And he's, and he said, coach, come on out. And the moment the players saw Deshaun Foster, they jumped out of their seats. Some of them from, from several rows up from several rows up and, um, just embraced him, just hugged him. Like you could feel it. Like I, you know, I'm not tied to the team in any way, but just moments like that. Like I got goosebumps just from a moment like that, because you felt that and it was real and you can't make that stuff up. And there's been times where I've seen those kind of videos before and they'll clap, you know, whatever. And it's usually some new guy they know nothing about. But the thing with Deshaun Foster is he, not only does he relate to these players, but he's probably spent more time with them before they even stepped on campus than anyone else on the staff that he's been on. Right. He's helped recruit some of these kids. He's been a part of their process. Um, you know, I, I've had some different people tell me that he's like, yeah, he, he, you know, he's known. So there's been, there was someone uh, who's part of the 2026 class um, at one of the local schools out here that shared a photo um of him and Deshaun Foster when this kid was like seven years old. And he's like, yeah, I've known Deshaun Foster since, you know what I mean? Like he knows these kids, he's out there. Um, and he's not, you know, he's shoot. He was up at Marietta Valley like two, three weeks ago. I'm like, what comes up to Marietta? But, um, you know, he, he's that guy. And I'm just curious to see how the recruiting is going to go. That's something that was, there was an emphasis on that. Um, they want to recruit. And he said, it's a big brand. He said, we want to go national with the, with the guys that we're searching for. We're not just, you know, we're going to take care of, of the Southern California, the guys in Southern California. And obviously that's probably going to always be the foundation, but that's not going to stop them from wanting to go national. He even said, Hey, look at the basketball team. They're getting guys from Europe and overseas here, overseas there. He's like, the brand is big. And, and like, that's an example that shows that. 
And so he's like, I don't know why football can't do the same more or less. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how he does with that. He did mention NIL. Martin Jarman mentioned NIL quite a bit, like you mentioned. Uh, day day three of, of Deshaun Foster's tenure is going to be meeting with the donors, having lunch, meeting with the NIL collective, men of, men of Westwood. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was like, it was just, it was like good vibes. You know, it was just everyone, everyone just seemed relaxed. And it's, again, it's, it's a press conference where everyone there is there to support Foster, obviously, but it just kind of felt the, right. It just, the, the higher mate, it, it's different. And it just really brought home the fact that the higher makes sense once you saw that. It makes a lot more sense once you see that compared to just seeing the graphic and you're like, why'd you hire that guy? You had all these other guys you could have picked. It made like, to me, it made sense. It was clear. Like it was really clear. And you know, the one thing he's kind of harped on quite a bit is his his three pillars. I don't know if you heard him or maybe tell me if you've heard these before. Um, He said, it's going to be based on discipline, respect, and enthusiasm. I believe those are the three. I don't know if that's something he said before, but that's going to probably be on the shirts for these for these players kind of going forward. And, and he said that that's what this team's going to be about. And he said, he's excited um, to be the head coach and he's looking forward to bringing excitement back to this program. And then he mentioned the Rose bowl and he said, we're trying to bring people back to the Rose bowl. I'm like, I thought that would have been a question or something you would dodge, but he's like, no, <laughs> we're going to bring people back to the Rose bowl and get it to how it used to be. And I'm like, all right, we'll see. I mean, I'm not saying like we'll see. Do I think he could probably do it? Sure, but I'm like, you know, you're putting everything out on the table. You're not. He was not holding back on anything. So. I mean, this is this has been his his dream and his goal. So like all these things, yeah, it's not new. And the energy is different. I think it's different because it's family and you see the support. I mean, I know a lot of foreign players showed up and. Um, all the alumni and former players are 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 with them because it's one of ours. It's one of us, mm-hmm. and I think that familiarity and that 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 sense of family um, is really showing. And yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen the alumni get behind somebody like this, and the just the energy behind the scenes is even different. And and you're talking about the brand thing. I was talking to another foreign player today, and we we're talking about like there's no reason why UCLA shouldn't be in the top ten destination school in the country there's no there's not really any better cities um and branding for nil you're in los angeles you're in westwood you're by beverly hills bel-air brentwood there's Mm -hmm. no reason why ucla shouldn't be you know somewhere where people want to be and i think it's going to take a person like deshaun foster to bring it back and take it to where it should be um and get ucla football make UCLA football great again pretty much as you know kind of kind of in the days of the, the you know the Bruin revolution and and um yeah kind of jump starting that again and hopefully yeah getting more recruits getting the NIL you know infrastructure in place and being able to get top top classes again top 15 top 10 classes again it should be you know five star kids wanting to come to UCLA because of where it is and what it means to be a Bruin and you know to play for a guy like Coach Foster, I think that is going to be big. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So another thing, 
I, I was on again, I was on Twitter spaces. It's been a long day and I haven't had a chance to listen. But after the press conference and after he was done talking to the media and uh, shaking hands and giving out hugs to family, alumni and staff, etc. He went on the Petros and Money show. I forget what station they're on, AM five seventy. That might be wrong. I don't know. Anyways, he said um, some there's some information that came out from that. Um, one that I guess he's looking to potentially bring back the spring football game at the Rose Bowl. Did you ever have one mm-hmm. of those? I played in one. And I, someone said there was like thirty or forty thousand people at these things. Is this true? Yeah, it used to be like one full side from the on the the press box side from the yeah from the bottom to the top was full. And we didn't. And it was more of a scrimmage. It wasn't really a game. When by the time I, I played in it, but mm-hmm. that was that was my first spring ball. And yeah, we did our spring game in the Rose Bowl. And then the other thing you mentioned, Josh. Some of the other reporters weren't thrilled about this. I was. He said he, he's <laughs> he's going to consider sending him back to San Bernardino. Oh. I was, I was the, like, the, the thing about that is it really does, as a player, you hate it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the sense of, like, man, this is, like, tough. But when you look back, like – those memories of like how close it, it makes the team because yes, getting guys out of LA, getting guys out of, you know, the dorms, out of home, out of familiarity puts them in an isolated situation where it's really just them. I mean, it was for, for like guys like me, Nate Metters, Lokini Tolo, and you know, yeah. <laughs> right. it's, it's a little different because we have our family come to practice and it's kind of still home. But mm-hmm. for some guys, that's the first time they've ever been out of L.A. Or if they come to UCLA and they're from out of state, that's the only time they're outside of L.A. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, to them, it's like in the middle of nowhere, you get football and that's it. But it, right. it unites the boys together and it helps create bonds <laughs> that go through the season. It's tough, but you get through it together. Like, it's really – and the thing is, it's going to be way easier than it used to be because we used to have two days that's out in San Bernardino yeah. and mm-hmm. be out there for multiple weeks. And – um. Yeah, it's a very different atmosphere, and and I would I would love that. And so this was the for spring camp, right? No, no, no. That this is for summer. For this for summer because spring, okay. spring spring balls yeah, you got yeah, class yeah. and stuff. Okay, you can do it in fall camp because you don't have okay. class. Yeah, gotcha. so gotcha. You're and really so out there for football. Were you out there the whole camp, or was it just like two weeks out of the program? Um, it used that? to be. It used to be two weeks. And then, and then you come back and finish like the last mm-hmm. week and a half before the season in Westwood. Um, but it's kind of like hell week, right? Essentially, it's like it's. I mean, it's it's camp. It's the same as camp. So mm-hmm. I mean, you have your non-padded days, and you build up, and then you have it's yeah. Um, it eventually went to. I think it was a week in Westwood. Then a week in San Bernardino, and then back to Westwood, and then eventually it went to. We stayed in the Luskin, and it was just in Westwood. So, now was this before the Washman facility, or was this still here? Like, because I'm like, why would you leave? Like, I get it. By time when, when we had but... when we had the Washerman, uh, that's when Kent went to only being in in Westwood. Okay, yeah, that's what I figured. Because I'm like, you're not leaving that facility in that weight room. 
So I mean, but the, it's not about it's not about that. No, of course, it's not right, about, right, right. You want to put the team in a different environment to like you know focus, lock in, mm-hmm. avoid distractions, and like come Break together. The routine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because gotcha. you're gonna be. I mean, you're gonna be in Westwood the whole season, like the rest of the year. So. Yeah. <laughs> so what do they do? They like tell you guys to pack a bag and they bust you guys out there or what? <laughs> I mean, cause really that's our, you're getting off of your, your summer week break. Cause you only mm-hmm. get, yeah, the, the week after, uh, yeah, the week after spring ball or the week, not the week after spring ball, the week after spring, spring quarter. So you have that week off and then you have your summer session, which is workouts. So you have the six week summer, a session, then you have a week off. And then you would show up to campus with your with your bags packed, and for majority of guys have all your stuff for the entire year. Mm-hmm. And you're get, as soon as you show up, you're getting on buses and they drive you to San Bernardino. <laughs> That's tough. Okay, okay. So so those are some of the things that he mentioned. Um, you know, some of the fans are saying he should bring back. Uh, do a blackout jersey or do some sort of alternate jerseys. Um, I think he'll get to that kind of stuff. I think right now he's just trying to yeah, focus. It was focus right now, but that I mean, right. it, it'll come. And I I, I do come, believe yeah. that he will have it. It'll probably go back to having at least one a year. I think we're seeing it with the throwback, mm-hmm. and I think that'll become be a regular thing. Um, but yeah, there's bigger, bigger things to worry about right now. There, there are bigger things to worry about, especially what to make of this coaching staff. Uh, they did lose Ken Norton Jr. on the same day that it was announced that Sean Foster was going to be the coach. Um, it was kind of interesting. So it's, I think I don't want to say it was bad timing, but it just worked out that way. I don't think it was necessarily, oh, Deshaun Foster gets the job, Ken Norton leaves. I think uh, based on talking to Kane Medrano, uh, one of the linebackers today, he had just kind of mentioned that. It wasn't yesterday when it was announced. It wasn't really a surprise that Ken Norton Jr. was going to the Washington Commanders. He said he had kind of had some communication with Norton, and that was kind of kind of the vibe or the understanding that he had gotten. So uh, wasn't completely thrown off by that. And, you know, I guess Ken Norton Jr. was only there a year. Uh, but I think at the same time, it was good to bring an alumni home, be able to kind of have him back in the program. He was one of the better recruiters when he was here. Um, but then at the same time, that leaves them now with, okay, four, four titles, but I think they only have room to hire three people. So now here's where it's, here is where it gets interesting. He needs to hire a tight ends coach. People kind of know who they, you know, some people have made it known on Twitter who they want it to be. Um, Caleb Wilson. Caleb Wilson. Um, their knees. Oh wait, wait. Let's not skip past that. What okay. is it? And that was one of the things. Like, like somebody, somebody that doesn't know, trying to tell me why he shouldn't be. And then someone like, tried to say he shouldn't be. Somebody, somebody said that he that he hasn't coached before, and I'm like, he's literally. I, I didn't say it, but like, if you really do research, and if you're gonna say something, know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yes. Caleb is literally. Not only is he a coach's son, but he's literally been in this process. He mm-hmm. there wasn't an opening. There wasn't spots opening by the time he wanted to start GA at UCLA. There wasn't uh, an opening, so there wasn't. He wanted to be at UCLA to be at least a GA, and it was open. There was right, open. right. That's so right. he's been at Purdue, being being a GA. Like he's been in this process. 
But he's this is also something that has played in the NFL, was an All American, one of the greatest you know statistical tight ends mm-hmm. in the past you know five years, and has been in that UCLA. Seat. He knows what it is to be in that seat. You know, knows what it's like to be in different staffs coming from SC to UCLA, has all that experience. And that's somebody, he's somebody also like Coach Foster, loves UCLA, loves to be a Bruin, loves, you know, everything involved with UCLA, with, you know, not just football, but being, uh, you know, basketball and all these. Like, even when he's at Purdue, he keeps up with everything UCLA. This is a guy that wants people to come to UCLA. Um, and would be a hell of a recruiter because as a, I feel like as a coach's son, he's been around so many programs. It's crazy, like, the amount of people that Caleb knows. Being his friend and being like, oh, you know him? You know him? Like, guys all across the NFL, guys and coaches all across mm. the country, the relationships that he's built from the different cities that he's had to move to, he knows how to relate to people. He knows how to relate to kids and understands this whole landscape of what's going on. And I, that's why I think he'd be, you know, great to have on the staff in some capacity, whether it's Titans coach or not. In some role, I feel like having somebody young with that energy and that passion for UCLA on the staff is big. So that is my bid for Caleb Wilson to get on the there UCLA football staff. The, I mean, <laughs> and even then, behind the alum is behind him. Like, he has a lot of, you know, people behind him. And yeah, I would love to see him, you know, back in UCLA for us than him be somewhere across the country helping in the same conference program. in the same conference. Exa- exactly. You want a guy like that on staff. And, and obviously I thought of, I had thought about it and knew, you know, Caleb Wilson should have been in like an obvious for a potential candidate as the tight ends coach. But once Ken Norton left, I'm like, you, you got to kind of replace that alumni on staff spot, right? Like you have Jerry Neuheisel, you have Deshaun Foster, but you still need to have that another another alum on staff just because you know it works, especially when Deshaun is kind of cha- kind of shaping the culture right to to how he wants it to be, and you have an alumni at at, at the top spot there. But I think you, you get another you get a Caleb Wilson in there, you get him recruiting, you make him tight ends coach, make him recruit, yada yada yada. You have a guy who loves the program as you mentioned, like it just just makes all the sense in the world. It's different, and it's different recruiting and relating to a, a kid when you've actually been there. You've actually been in those seats, in those meeting rooms, in that facility, in those classrooms, on that campus. You can, you know, recruit based on, your, you know, your experiences and what you went through and, and you know, how it was for you because that's, you know, that's your, your truth. That's what really you've been through. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you have a guy come from the outside that doesn't really like know what it, what it means to be a UCLA student, what it means to go to Powell library, what it means to, you know, these different situations where when you're recruiting, right. you can be like, yeah, when I was here, I did this, this, and that. And like, mm-hmm. this is the best way to do this here. Like academically, you can do this, this, and that here rather than like, I feel like when a coach comes from outside, of course, they might have like all the knowledge of football, but when it right. comes to recruiting, they're probably just kind of reading off of a, a chart, or like, you know, with these bullet <laughs> points and things to say because yeah. that's what they're told or what it's like to be a UCLA mm-hmm. student and what it, what they need to be recruiting. But when you've actually been a Bruin, it's easier to recruit kids to be Bruins because you know what it takes mm-hmm. and you know what it's going to take 
um, to be successful on that campus. No doubt about it. So, again, they need to hire a tight ends coach. They need to hire a running backs coach because Sean kind of indicated during his press conference that um, he probably wasn't going to be working with the running backs, and it, that kind of falls in line. It wasn't a surprise based on even what Martin German had said, what he was looking for in a coaching candidate, and then even uh, again today during the press conference saying they want a CEO type, someone who can run all the, you know, NIA run, you know, the relationships for donors, NIL, recruiting, all that good stuff, and kind of have the game plan and serve as that CEO type. So that kind of frees up that position. Um, but Deshaun Foster said, do not worry. Because he made it sound out like it made it sound like he got a guy. He said, it's going to be a guy. Like he said, it's going to, you know, someone's going to fill those shoes in nicely that he had there um, in that spot. So there's going to be that. Um, they uh, So tight end, they need an inside linebackers coach. You know, we'll see what happens with that. That job just opened up. I can't think of any candidates off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, the one job that I think is going to be the most important and is right up there at the top of the list is this offensive coordinator spot, right? So, again, it's interesting because you have to hire three spots, but you have four titles. And usually your offensive coordinator, example, Chip Kelly, who goes to Ohio State, is the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. They just hired a quarterback coach, Billy Fesler, uh, before Chip left. So now what happens to this? Who's going to be the offensive coordinator and what position are they going to have? That's the, mm-hmm. Have you ever seen anyone not be the quarterback's coach in the offensive coordinator? Like, is that weird? I don't know. I'm just – they're usually the quarterback's coach, I mean, coach, no? when Chip came, we didn't have an offensive right. coordinator. Which is weird, and which is why – They like, had Coach Bible <laughs> over the – yeah, they had Coach Bible over the quarterback's room, and he wasn't the offensive coordinator. Um, oh, and then Justin Fry was the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator at, by title, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean – the thing, the thing is with 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 Coach Foster, he has the reputation and the relationships um, mm-hmm. across the country with the NFL and all the colleges. Where I believe if if he wants somebody, he's gonna get them, and he's not gonna, he's definitely not gonna bring in those scrubs. You know what I'm saying? Where right. I think we're in good hands of him making that decision and being that CEO of this team and. And um, filling those roles with people that are exceptional um, and fit him. You know what I'm saying? That fit what we need as far as being young and being able to recruit. Mm -hmm. So I'm not too worried about it, but I understand what you're saying. Or if they do got to they do got to make some things shake, maybe move some people around or Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. If everybody, if all the coaches on the staff um, come back, or how that how that situation works as well, because mm-hmm. some guys might have been chips chips choice, but it might not be right. Coach Foster's. No, that's true. Um, that's very true. Um, yeah, someone asked what what his offensive philosophy is going to be during the press conference, and he said, you know, he hasn't really hasn't really gotten to that point yet just because he still has to hire the staff and all that. But uh, the name to watch out, according to the fans, the fans love the idea of getting this UNLV offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, Brent, Brendan mm-hmm. Marion. 
I don't know if you're familiar with him. Maybe I'll have to have you watch some offense and you're going to have to explain why he's great to me because I don't know what I'm looking at when I'm watching some of this stuff. But I know he's an innovative offensive guy. Are you familiar with him at all? Do you know anything? About I've I've heard I've heard the name and seen a lot on uh, social media um, mm-hmm. about him and his energy. Yeah. I I mean, I I'm not too familiar with his schemes, and I would mm-hmm. have to watch some tape to really you know break that down. But from the the people that I've seen, you know, pumping up his name and seeing. Um, that type of stuff, he must be that guy. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he's able. I mean, that's it's a no brainer to leave UNLV for UCLA. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. come on now, <laughs> right. there's, there's levels to this, and that, and he's only this is it, definitely what, it, and he's only been there a year, so it's not like he's tied to the school at all. Yeah, he has no deep ties. So, right, yeah, <laughs> you get that call, you get that call, you got to answer it, right, right. Um, so yeah, he seems to be the the guy, at least for the fans that that they want. Um, so that's the name to keep an eye out for. But yeah, so it, I'm just kind of curious how they how this coaching staff's going to shake out. It just seems like Deshaun has a lot going on. Um, I kind of asked him when we were kind of talking to him after the press conference. I'm like, have you really even sat down yet and like even sat at the at your new desk and just look around and understand and realize that you're now the that's head coach a, hey, that's, of this a, program. that's a nice office. And he's like, that's I have not yet. Upgrade. He's like, I might do that later tonight. So we'll see. The next time I talk to him, I'll have to circle back and see how that moment was for him. But he's like, yeah, I haven't checked my phone. He's like, I can't check my phone because people kept text, keep texting and calling. He said he, he clearly hasn't been on social media because he still has the Raiders profile pick up still on his Twitter. So he's been busy. And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. So, um, you know, if, if the press conference said anything, he has a good support system around him. And I think he's going to be in good hands. The one other thing that's significant that I want to mention before we kind of wrap things up here is Martin Jarman put an emphasis on, an emphasis on it several times by saying we're going to do everything we can to support Deshaun Foster and we're going to give him all the resources that you need. Now, it's easy to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you're putting it out there like that, there's got to be some truth or, or, you know, you're holding yourself accountable to that. But I thought that was something that uh, Mark Jarman was really hammering home um, while emphasizing, like, this is our guy. We didn't pick, like, like I said at the beginning, we didn't pick him, you know, because he was a cheaper guy or this or that. He was the best candidate they felt, and and that was the guy for them, and that's the guy the players wanted. So, um, yeah, as of Tuesday morning, uh, no transfers. That might change. Real quick, going back to the offensive coordinator, someone mentioned on uh, Twitter Spaces that was a that made sense to me. You would probably want to get an offensive coordinator that's already with a, another program, because if you do that, guys might follow. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to kind of help replenish the roster uh, in a sense. Um, so I don't know. I just found that to be kind of interesting. And I think that would kind of open up the talent pool at least a little bit with one program if they were to um, to do that. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of everything I got off the top of my head. Um, I mean, spring ball is right around the corner. I don't know if the dates are already set. Up, I, I hope – and that's one thing I hope – 
you know, he uses his time to maybe move spring ball back to how it used it's already, to be. Isn't it already far enough? Back? <laughs> isn't it far enough? But back? the way, but the way it used to be, well, okay, with with Mora, spring ball started in spring quarter. With Chip came, okay. it was like half before, half at the end of winter quarter, and the rest at the beginning of spring quarter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he might need this extra time, you know, to get things in place and then move spring ball back a little bit. Okay. And as always, a special thank you to Josh for joining me here on the podcast, going over uh, everything with the Deshaun Foster press conference and the hiring and everything in between. So for Josh and myself, a special thank you once again to everyone for listening. It's been a crazy week. And um, yeah. Catch you guys in the next one. I'm tired. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. This is the Believe in UCLA football podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.